Good morning to you. Let's kill the echo. And it is an unusual day. It is an interesting day. It is a good day. And um, a day where we need to also do some reflection on just exactly where the risk sits, because there is some risk here that we need to be aware of. And we can do something about that and make money. I will also be live trading for you guys already in the community in literally 30 minutes, 29 minutes, in fact, by now. So see you over there. Cats behind me making a racket because it's cold, hence the scarf. And let's get cracking, shall we? Let's jump straight into it. And of course, not of course, but if you want to learn how to actually make money from your money, take it from an old banker, this one here. Come and join me on Tuesday Live, felixschwenz.org slash webinar. And um, I'll put a little banner here somewhere where you can still see it. Uh, so what am I talking about? with the risk and first time in like forever. It's only one time in history we've actually had this set up, seriously. Is it this? Well, we need to understand a little bit the backstory to it. You need to understand what the setup is. You need to understand where the like button is and smash it. Otherwise, nothing good will ever happen. And right now, we are in euphoria land. Not massive, massive euphoria land, but we are nevertheless above the official Bank of America euphoria indicator, which means a little bit of warning, a little bit of warning sign. But that's not actually what I'm talking about. It's not the first time that's happened ever. Has the market made money when we're at levels like this? Chaluna, what do you think? Do you have your insight? Cat insight? You guys know everything, don't you? I thought you knew everything. Just know how to rule the world. No, that's not it either. Although, typically, when you get a market euphoria trigger, it's again, Bank of, Bank of America data, then usually the following three and six months, the market is broadly positive. Not always, but most of the time it is. So the on average, it's gone up 4% in the six months after we trigger the euphoria trigger. When it does go down, it goes down like 6% on average. So about 80% of the time, we make money in this setup. So, so far, so good, right? You're thinking like, buy stocks, hand over fist. Okay. Here's what the bears will say to you. And it's always important to understand both sides of the conversation. Don't just put on the blinkers and go, I will only look at good news. That gets you into trouble. Most of you will remember uh, pre and post COVID and so on. And the NASDAQ has obviously rallied tremendously, all time high and all of that. But the breadth, what's the breadth? It's sort of the, the width, if you will, of the rally. Very, very few of the actual NASDAQ stocks have gone up. Most of them haven't. And that's kind of weird. Because normally, in a real rally, in a sustainable rally, everything goes up because the world has become a more beautiful place today. But it only applies to very, very large tech companies. So that's a little bit of a bummer. And if you were to look at the S&P, rather than through the rose-tinted glasses that we're looking at, where the S&P is an index, right, 500 companies, and they're weighted according to their size, their value, their market capitalization. If you valued them at equal levels, which is what the Dow Jones does, which is a 
actually the Dow Jones values them, which is in a really, really stupid way on, on stock price. It's like, oh my God. Um, nobody's explained to Mr. Dow or Mr. Jones how the market works, although they did all right regardless. Uh, then in that case, the market actually hasn't gone up at all since what? December? It's just been flat. So it's only been the large companies that have gone up, the small ones, the medium ones haven't done a thing. And then you look at, oh my God, there is an options trader on YouTube. They shouldn't be allowed. I, I understand it. Sometimes it obviously seems a little complicated, needlessly complicated. Uh, I, I try to explain it and maybe by explaining it many times, it'll eventually become a needlessly simple. There is something called the put skew. Let's just look at it as call put ratio, essentially. It's a little bit more complex than that. But typically, it's the blue line here. When it peaks, what happens when it peaks? You following me? You're with me so far? The red line is the S&P. It typically means the S&P, S&P, even the S&P, uh, pleads to decline. And usually at these levels, that's what happens. We're kind of at that level right now. So you're kind of thinking, okay, we're really overboard. We're really overexcited. And that means what? It means it's the market about to collapse? Not quite, not quite yet. So give it a little bit of time here. Let's move past that one. That one's not really all that useful. Usually, when you hit an all-time high on the S&P, where we're at, right? The S&P 5000 is what we're looking at right now. New all-time high, what happens in the week, month, three months, six months, 12 months, you normally get a 13% return in the following 12 months. Not too far off the average return of the S&P, but still, it's not, not bad. Um, so you're going to go up, you would expect another 10, 12% here before something hits the fan. But the real crux comes back to like the lack of breadth. It's so few companies that are going up. The majority of companies are below their moving averages. And I'll show you a clearer chart in a second. And, and what does that mean? It just means a lot of companies are going down and a couple are going up. And the couple who are going up are very, very large. You know, the Mac 4 or the Mac 6. Tesla is uh, on, the, uh, on the naughty step at present. And when you see that, and then you look at data, this chap here puts it very nicely. When we have this rare, rare setup where basically fewer than 70% of stocks are above their 200-day moving average line, less than 60% are above their 50-day moving average line. So most of the market's going down, only a couple of stocks are going up. Literally, the last time that happened was August 8, 1929. And I remember that. That's how old I am. Somebody please put in, in the comments, you look far too young for that kind of a joke, Felix. Thank you very much. What has ha happens there? This is the Dow Jones index. There wasn't an S&P in 1928. And the 8th of August was here. That was the 8th of August, 1929. I remember it distinctly. And what happened afterwards? Well, there was a little bit of a decline in the market. There was an 88% decline in the market. 
Now, I'm not saying the world is going to collapse tomorrow. I'm not saying um, all this kind of craziness is going to happen. But it just shows to show that the only data point we could find in like 100 years of stock market history is almost 100 years ago, 95 years ago or something like that, which means we're in a very, very, very unusual setup. And that's something to consider. And then you have to think about, well, how do we make money out of that? This is, and you can look this up on TradingView, there is a ticker called, you know, if you want to really have some fun, if you really want to impress your, your wife or your date, say, uh, darling, type ticker S5F1 into TradingView.com, and it'll show you the number of S&P 500 stocks above the 50-day moving average. Now, if you are at that point alone for the rest of the night, um, you only have yourself to blame. Where we are right now is here, right? And what happens when the breadth of the market goes down? Well, let me show you the S&P on the same chart. So in orange, I give you the S&P now 5,000, about to be 5,000. And in, in, in or red and green, I give you the basically the 50-day moving average line. So as this declines, typically the market falls together. Now, right now, the breadth is falling, but the market is going up. So you end up with this slightly schizophrenic gap. And as they say in the London Underground, mind the gap. Not, a, not that I've been on public transport in about a decade, at least not in London. Um, I've seen it in the movies, though. <laughs> um, I do actually take public transport in Hong Kong sometimes. It's brilliant. Cleanest, safest thing in the world. That gap kind of needs to get filled. Either more stocks start to go up or the market needs to calm the F down. And at the moment, it doesn't look like that. So you are getting into a little bit of teeny tiny bubble territory, but then there are good reasons for it. Why are there good reasons for it? Because there are things like this. The buybacks are back and the buybacks have been in a blackout period. So what happens all the time, you get sort of, you know, your months and in sort of January, Earnings season kicks in, right? Companies start to report their earnings. And then around that, you get, by law, a 90-day window blackout period where companies cannot buy their own stocks in this zone. So we're coming out of that. About 40, 50% of companies are already out of it, which means these companies are now permitted to buy their own stocks again which does what? Well, it's, it's bullish for stocks, right? They're buying them back. The stocks essentially disappear. It's like money shredding. And it's, it's, it's wonderful for the market. They're buyers. So that's coming back. CNN fearing greed index is at greed. Where do you buy? At greed or do you buy at fear? What is the rational thing to do? Ask yourself that question, please. And then, of course, you have... The jobs data out just, and we were expecting 227,000 people to be 
unemployed, we've got slightly less. The continuing jobless claims, we're expecting it to hit the 1.9 million mark. You know what? It's actually fallen. The Biden Labor Department is working real overtime to make sure that um, the chosen one, sorry, the commander in chief uh, stays in power. Um, I imagine we've generated a few more McDonald's jobs. But at the moment, yeah, the, the, the beat isn't that great that the market's going to freak out. Plus, the market's basically stopped believing jobs data from this government um, and pretty much any other government. Uh, so therefore, it isn't, isn't a huge deal. But it is, again, something to, to bear in mind. Palantir has got a massive new deal. We have no idea what it's worth. But Babco, if you didn't know, we did a little bit of work for them and I was working in a law firm. Um, and they're a massive, massive Bahraini. They are the Bahraini oil and gas company, basically. So they're huge. And Palantir is going to be running some upstream element of that. If you want oil and gas, you know what that means. Otherwise, you're as clueless as me. Come and join me live on Tuesday, and I will teach you, that's my promise to you, my three rules for trading. And you can apply them on your own after that hour-long, roughly, session, and you will be a smarter, wiser, better informed. Might even be entertaining. Who knows? Uh, go into Felix Renzelogs.com webinar, grab yourself a seat, and, and sign up for that. And then let's have a look at the live market, pre-market. A little bit mixed, a little undecided. ABGO is up, NVIDIA basically down a little, Apple is flat, Microsoft Meta flat, Google flat, Amazon flat, Tesla up a little, but it's basically a flattish morning. It's it's not really a, uh, oh my God, the world's about to end kind of a morning, although that's usually the calm before the storm. PayPal also reporting earnings. I've just put out a video on that. Check it out if you haven't seen it already. And the market loathed what they reported. <laughs> down 8%. It was down 10% at one point pre-market, which is, I think if you were expecting fireworks, you don't understand how slow it is to turn a company of that size around. I mean, they have a market cap of 68 billion. Uh, there was a lot of positive in it, but there wasn't a margin improvement. That's what the market really wants to see. And that'll probably, that might take another four quarters. That's basically what they're saying. They're just not guiding to anything particularly positive. So the market not liking it. I, I'm going to set up a trade on that. I'll show you guys on the live coaching call in a second because I, I, I have an idea with this. Uh, so there's always something we can do. We did something a little bit similar yesterday, or I did rather, on Uber, which also has worked out rather nicely. I think sometimes you can smell when the market overly punishes a stock. I think PayPal might fall into that category.